Welcome to Southern Sense Talk Radio with your host, the radio chick, Annie Ubellis. Join Annie on Tuesdays and Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time with an open chat room full of her regulars. And yes, you can even call in. Call 917-889-3675. That's 917-889-3675 to be a part of the action on the phone line. Not able to listen live? Not a problem. You can always catch Annie, the radio chick, and Southern Sense Talk Radio podcast in archives at southern-sense.com. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Southern Sense the right way. afternoon and welcome back to another exciting adventure here on Southern Suns. You're listening on SHR Media, BTR, the Lone Star Daily News up on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Facebook, YouTube, all the heck with it. You know what I'm going to say. Go to the name of the show, put a dash in the middle, southern-sense.com. I'm your hostess with the mostest, the radio chick, Annie, along with my debonair, erudite, and courageous co-host, Curtis C.S. Bennett. Good afternoon, <laughs> Curtis. How are you today? I am doing fine so far, but I'll feel much better come Friday. Hopefully we'll know who won this recount between um, Scott and Nelson and um, Ron DeSantis and Gillum. Oh, we've got a lot to talk about on that, and we're going to have great guests. We've got three guests today. Uh, we've got Nicole Jenkins and Lucretia Hughes joining us on the first half, and then Mark Robinson, who is also known as I Am the Majority, uh, will be joining us on the second half. So we got great stuff to talk about. I have been pulling stuff off the computer left and right about what is going on with these elections. Uh, Martha McSally today has conceded uh, her Senate seat to uh, Simmons, Simons, whatever her name is, uh, the leftist communist out there in Arizona. Um, and what may happen is, is that the Arizona governor needs to appoint someone to fill John McCain's Senate seat. There's a good possibility he may put uh, Martha McSally into that seat, which would then put her up for re-election, I believe, in 20, uh, 2022, uh, I think. I could be wrong. If someone else out there knows whether or not I'm right or wrong, let me know. Uh, so there's a lot of maneuvering going on. So having a Democrat in the Arizona seat may be negated by putting a Republican in there. So we may re- be able to retain the Senate so far. There's a recount going on in Florida. and Oh, my goodness. This stuff is getting murkier and murkier and murkier by the minute. Um, but it we'll is. see what's going on. We'll talk about that. Trump's visit uh, for the World War One Memorial. We'll talk about that, some of the shenanigans that went on over there also. And don't forget, we still have this immigration caravan heading towards our southern border. Uh, the attacks on Tucker Carlson is just getting worse and worse. I mean, there's so much to go and talk about. Uh, but we're going to have a very, very busy day, busy schedule. want to welcome everyone that is listening in uh, here on Blog Talk Radio as well as Facebook and YouTube. I've got the chats open in all three, so feel free to uh, join us. And... Um, as I'm looking at, I'm sorry, reading a note that someone just posted up on Facebook for me. But anyway, um, 
those that listen to the show know that we start off each and every show with a dedication to a fallen hero. And today's dedication is going to go out to Deputy Sheriff William J. Gentry, Jr. of the Highlands County Sheriff's Office from Florida. His end of watch was on Monday, May 7th of 2018. And this is from ABC Action News by Lauren St. Germain and Ryan Smith. And it reads, A Highlands County deputy has died after being shot in the head, placid, on Sunday evening, May 6th. According to the Highlands County Sheriff's Office, Deputy William Gentry, Jr., 40, responded to 234 Baltimore Way to speak with a neighbor who was suspected of shooting a cat. Once Deputy Gentry got to the front door, Joseph Edward Abel, 69, allegedly shot Deputy Gentry. This happened just before 8 p.m. Sunday evening. Abel's has been charged with first-degree murder. The Highland County Sheriff's Office released the following statement on Monday. It is with tremendous sadness that I report Deputy William J. Gentry, Jr. passed away at 1.10 p.m. today, May 7th, at Lee Memorial Hospital as a result of his injuries. Please keep his family and our HCSO family in your prayers. Deputy Gentry is survived by his mother, father, and brother, who is also a member of the Highlands County Sheriff's Office. Deputy Gentry served as a deputy with the Highlands County Sheriff's Office a total of eight years and four months. His roles included being a member of the K-9 unit, serving as part of the Special Investigations Narcotics Unit, and training deputies. According to the Sheriff's Office, Deputy Gentry is the third person killed in the line of duty, but the first deputy to have been killed at the hands of a suspect. A memorial for this hero continues to grow outside the Sheriff's Office, honoring the man who died serving his community. Say a little prayer to let the family know that we're behind them, said Velvet Montgomery. Several dozen stopped by the Fallen Deputies Patrol Unit, offering flowers, warm messages, and balloons. We're family, said Montgomery. Whether you have family working there or not, you defend them. Marie Salvador's brother was also on duty for the Highlands County Sheriff's Office Sunday night. She knows that deadly call for service could have gone to him. It's hard. You never know what's going to happen, said Salvador. People that have family in this, there's really nothing that can explain it. Lieutenant Chris Smith remembers his longtime friend as a perfectionist in a job that rarely goes as planned. To not be there and help him, it hurts, said Lieutenant Smith in tears. It's extremely difficult. And from YourSon.com by Phil Attinger. It has been six months since the death of Deputy Sheriff William J. Gentry, Jr., and family, friends, and his fellow deputies continue to work through the process of grief. They took another step forward with the dedication of his name plaque on the memorial stone in front of the Highlands County Sheriff's Office. His brother, School Resource Deputy Kevin Gentry, helped Sheriff Paul Blackman unveil the stone with his brother's nameplate, touching the nameplate with his right hand 
before rejoining his family seated off to the side. Kevin Gentry said that he missed most was his brother's tendency to be a smart aleck joking with people. If you don't know where you stood with him, then you really didn't know him, Kevin Gentry said. He let you know where you stood. While unveiling the stone, Blackman accidentally stood in a fire ant mound and got bit, which drew swift pesticide retribution from a sheriff's office member. Kevin Gentry said, That was just the kind of thing that's been happening since his brother died. For example, he and others from his brother's pool cue business went to Tallahassee over the weekend for a billard suppliers conference, and it rained all weekend. He hated the rain, Kevin Gentry said. He said his brother would have avoided the fuss being made over him now with a plaque and a memorial. It was announced that Gentry, through tissue and organ donations, had helped a record number of patients. Gentry died May 7, 2018, reportedly shot by Joseph Edward Abels, 69, of Lake Placid. Gentry was talking with him about a neighbor's dispute involving a cat when Abels shot Gentry. His name joined the names of Captain Robert Hopton and Inspector William Rogers, who died more than 20 years ago on July 19, 1995, in a plane crash. Their names rest on a large granite boulder set on the front plaza of the sheriff's office. Blackman said it symbolizes the heavy burden of protecting the public, the size of the loss of each name, person named there, and a permanency that they will be remembered. We prayed that the day would never come when we would have to add another name beneath theirs, Blackman said. Unfortunately, this is why we are here today. They had all lost another brother six months ago to the day, said Blackman, who added that the healing process for all who knew and loved Deputy Sheriff Gentry is not complete. Not a day goes by, then we do not think of him, Blackman said. Kevin Gentry said one of his family members who has missed Uncle William terribly had been J. Lynn Harrison, their three-year-old niece, She wanted to call Uncle William, he said, and when told he was going to heaven, she asked for the family to take a couple of days of of vacation to visit him. Every time a sheriff's office Ford Explorer drives past the house, she wonders why Uncle William hasn't stopped by. Kevin Gentry said his brother would often stop by to play. She'd have her kitchen play set prepared and would fix lunch for Uncle William with toy food. Her father, Jonathan Harrison, said he recently sat down to play lunch with her, and she handed him a lunch, but told him not to touch another she'd fix. That's for Uncle William, she told him. It was William Gentry's birthday last Saturday. He would have been 41. Kevin Gentry's birthday is today. On Saturday, Harrison said his daughter drew a picture for Uncle William and bought him a birthday balloon. With no other way to mail it to heaven, they tied the picture to the balloon and let it go into the sky. Liz Fisher, victim's advocate, was on hand with Stella, a one-year-old therapy canine trained by Brevard County Jail inmates. Jaylene petted Stella, who then turned around with a wagging tail and kissed both Jaylene and her dad. Today's show is dedicated to Deputy Sheriff William Gentry. It is also dedicated 
to all the brave men and women out there that serve as first responders, be they law enforcement, corrections, firefighters, or EMTs. It is also dedicated to all the brave men and women that serve in our military from the birth of this nation through today and into its wonderful future. We dedicate to them this song, Amazing Grace. May God bless each and every one of them. On Blog Talk Radio, SH on the Long Star Daily News, up on iTunes, the, 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 the Teeth and Straight, Stitcher, Spreaker, YouTube, Facebook. Oh man, we're all over the place. Uh, we got some of our callers coming in now. It looks like Curtis is with them. Uh, so we'll bring on our guest in a few moments. Want to welcome once again everyone that is listening in. Uh, those that are up here on Blog Talk also have people listening in over on YouTube and Facebook. So feel free to post in either areas, and I'll try to keep track of everyone posting on the different platforms. Oh, man. Yeah, it is a little bit of a somber greeting today. Yeah. <laughs> Annie got into a pissing contest with her car insurance company, who I've been with for 38 years, and I'm not going to name the company on air because I'm just going to make sure that they have the situation settled because I had an investigator attempt to accuse me of misrepresenting the claim and threatening to file a police report. And I said, go ahead, do it. I beg of you, do it. So Annie is in a little bit of a pissed off mood, but I'd rather be pissed off than pissed (laughs) on that for sure. But it looks like we may have it uh, uh, rectified uh, because I called the representative that I filed the claim with and she apologized profusely. And I... (laughs) 
I don't know what it is. For some reason, this year, my cars have bullseyes on them. You park them somewhere, and they just people just love, love to hit these things. So, of course, I filed the police, filed the insurance claim. And listen, the car was legally parked. And in one case, uh, the people at Lowe's, the staff that worked there, saw my car get hit, and they detained the people that held, hit my car. Uh, they were undocumented. Uh, as well as uninsured. Uh, yes, yeah, some of those are coming over the southern border. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just can't wait for this year to be over. But we got our first guest in on the phone. Let's let's welcome our first uh, victim to Annie being on the oh, air yeah. today. Welcome aboard, Nicole Jenkins. Good afternoon, Nicole. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing fine. How are you? As you can tell, Annie's on a chair. Annie oh, I, is, I see you're talking about this illegal immigration issue. It is so good. <laughs> First of all, I want to say thank you guys for inviting me back on the show. I, I'm actually talking about the legal immigration issue on my um, TV show this weekend. So this is this is a hot topic right now with uh, President Trump and legal immigration. Yeah, you know, it's funny because, you know, you've, Think that you know? Oh, I'm over in South Carolina. That's going on the border. It doesn't affect mm-hmm. me. But yes, because once they get across the border, they just disappear into the woodwork of America, into the Netherlands, never be to be seen or heard from again until in a situation like mine where my car gets hit. Then all well, of a sudden about, they try to run. Well, did the, you the first thing about, they do is they um, run. Did you hear about El Chapo, which just happened in New York City? I so heard he's he, under tri- on trial. Yes, yeah. So he just got arrested. Uh, he's committed ruthless murders, kidnapping, and torture. He escaped from Mexico City twice, over $50 billion, about $50 billion sold in drugs. This is why we have to. So he escaped from Mexico City twice, okay? He's in New York City committing ruthless murders, kidnapping, torture, you know. Um, this is why we have to secure these borders. It's not about being racist, um, but as you said before, you, you made a valid point when I did the interview with you um, a month or two back. You said, listen, we are a republic, and the republic, that is what the president and the leader of the United States does. He, he he protects us. He protects the people that are within this republic. This is not a democracy. And he's exactly. protecting us. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And what happens now? Trump is over in Paris doing the World uh-huh. War One uh, dedication. And uh-huh. President, as I call him, moron Macron, chastises uh, Trump. Because Trump said he's a nationalist. Well, what do you expect our president to be but a nationalist? He is there to protect our nation. He is there to protect our rule of law, our borders, our security. But Macron is saying that, no, no, what was, what was the exact statement he said? Patriotism is the exact opposite of nationalism. Nationalism is a betrayal. I can't even say this. <laughs> He's got me so frustrated. You can't betrayal of so patriotism. <laughs> <laughs> By saying well, our interests first, who cares about the others? We erase what a nation holds dearest. What gives it life? What gives it grace? And what is essential? It's moral values. Now, if this is not a WTF moment, 
What is this Absolutely. moron talking about? Well, well, first of all, I think that, I think that other countries they get a bit ungrateful. Here's the deal: Who's going to help the United States of America and its people? And so, so if we had, if we not, if we had illegals go into Mexico and, and wherever, are they going to help us? Are they going to pour the money? Into us, we're sending our national guards over there, and this is not about racism. This is about taking care of the problems that are within the United States of America. And I think, I think, I think other countries are beginning to be a bit ungrateful. And at this point, whether we like Trump or not, what you know, is there are people that that can't stand Trump. But the one thing that they're saying about President Trump is, yes. He's a businessman, and what he is doing is protecting this country, and this is what he's supposed to do. That's his job. He's the leader to protect this country, and he is the one businessman that's stepping in the forefront and saying, listen, I'm not having it. Either you do business here or you're going to abide by our rules. I will negotiate, but this is how it's going to be, and this is what we need in America because for me, for me being a minority woman, for me seeing turmoil in the neighborhood that I grew up in, I, I'm sorry. You have to protect us first, and then you go and help everyone else. And we're not getting protected. We're not getting protected through education. We're not getting protected through um, uh, employment. We're not getting protected through housing. So I applaud him for doing those things. I applaud him for making um, those with the, with the less um, – Social economic backgrounds and the elite and the wealthy, um, at least in this day and age, having the ability to open up their business and live the America dream because we are in America and that is what's about. And this is the one president that's protecting America. Well, let's bring along fellow troublemaker with this. I'm going to have fun. I, I probably am just going to sit back and let the two of you go at it. <laughs> let's bring is along fellow Mark, troublemaker. Is this Mark, because he's the troublemaker. <laughs> Lucretia. Lucretia. Hi, Lucretia. This is Lucretia in Georgia. I've never today? met her. <laughs> yes, this well, is Lucretia, me, and I, I, I just popped on, so I, I was listening to your reply and the end of your reply, and you know, that's one of the reasons why I, I love President Trump. It, it's not – people need to, to quit and failing to realize he was Trump before he was president. And some of the things that people are griping about now happened way before he even entered politics. So I'm trying to understand and figure out why are you mad after the ink is already dried to a man that has never signed a bill into law before 2016? Your pent-up anger is directed at the wrong person, but you keep voting those people back into office and complain about the same thing on thing, and especially running rampant in the black community. We are we are definitely voting. Uh, we are voting Democratic off of identity politics, and that's something that we have to top. stop. That's why um, it's important for individuals like you and I to get out there and become a voice within the Republican Party. And you know, I'm here, the voice. But I, I always say, you said I'm an American. And just because I'm black don't mean you are you throwing me in the lion's den. I got out the hood from having four children by the age of 20. I'm not trying to go back and backtrack. Uh, I will go where I'm welcome, but I just ain't finna sit here. Krisha, 
How can we talk for, to the minorities? You figure it out. Just because I'm black, I don't speak for the black community, and that's your problem. We need to quit with the minority anything. We are Americans first. Quit with the identity politics. You talk to black people just like you talk to white people. Exactly. You're, you're absolutely correct. I think that um, everyone should go and talk to veterans because one thing about veterans is they don't look at color. By me working and new to the VA system, they don't look at color. They look at brother and sisterhood, you know. And although, yes, you know, we, I don't want to ever erase history, but I'm not the one that bash, you know, what – I'm not going to bash you, and I'm not going to say what happened and what is happening amongst the African-American community. Because the same thing that's happening amongst the African-American community is happening in the poor, white, and rural community, you know. So if we want to call a spade a spade, we all, you know, on, on, a, on a lower socioeconomic class, we're not winning, but we do have a president that is willing to go the extra route for us. And, you know, with Trump saying, what do you have to lose? You know, people say, well, I think he's racist. That's not racist. That's calling a spade a spade. What do you have to lose? You have voted Democratic your entire life, and what do you have to lose? Because you have nothing. You are not a homeowner. You, don't, you lack education. Your houses are dilapidated. Your communities, none of you all are business owners in your own community. So what do you have to lose? And I think that message was a message that bought the turning point in America. That's a message that, that, that became that walk away. That's a message where you have these young people saying, what do I have to lose? And they are the new voters of the century. And I don't think And one thing that, that people got to realize and understand, the hoods and the woods ain't that far apart. And exactly. when they realize and understand that we all dealing with the same thing, the same kitchen table issues, that is mm-hmm. what we're dealing with. I was at the walkaway rally. I missed my plane to go to the – I'm 44, so Turning Point is pretty much is uh, youngsters. Um, but you know what? That's not my type. But the walkaway rally and being able to jump on stage, take uh, – to see every nationality from transsexuals to straight. It was beautiful. And I'm glad I had the opportunity to get up there and actually film for my documentary. Well, Anna, well, Anna said it best. Just because you hate Trump, and this is a Latino woman, just because you hate the president doesn't mean destroy the country. And Thank and you. I think, you know, I, I, am, I don't like how the Democratic Party they are destroying the country. As soon as you take the house, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a way to impeach Trump. I'm going to find a way for Kavanaugh not to be, you know, not to take that position. But, I mean, let, let we, it's, it's, it's what they're creating. It's one of those things where you have to fall before you elevate. And the Republican Party might look like they're falling. But I guarantee you, we are elevating more than ever. And 2020 is going to be you know, our last year. The lies, that this is not just being created. This has literally been happening since the 60s. Because I'm, on, I'm one of those people that likes to drag the UN and a lot of things. And, and I believe in the communist goals. And I believe Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030. This has been implemented Way before uh, Bush Sr. got up on stage and said, we need to pay attention to, Lord, to the uh, U.N. and the police. Mm-hmm. Oh, she dropped off? Yes. Did, did Nicole drop off? I guess so. No, I, guess I did so. not drop you know, it, here. 
Oh, Lucretia. Uh, Lucretia. Lucretia dropped off. No, I'm here. Her phone dropped. She's here. Oh, okay. okay. She <laughs> dropped off. <laughs> well, finish what yeah. you were going to say, Lucretia. I just truly believe that um, y'all need to pay attention to uh, globalism, regionalism. We are a sovereign nation that our politicians from way back when in the 60s, because I was born in 74, have perpetrated and given us. So we need to start paying attention to more of the constitutional issues is what I pay attention to and what United mm-hmm. States is actually meant for. I'm sick of the uh, social justice stuff. Let me figure out the laws and the legislation that have been slipped under our nose while we're fighting amongst ourselves. Somebody exactly. need to pay attention to the real deal. Well, that's the whole point of the Democratic Party, divide and then conquer. So if we have blacks going against whites, Latinos going after Asians, uh, transgender going after straight, as long as you have everyone fighting each other, then you can implement any program that you feel, any touchy-feely emotional program that you you want to get through, such as Obamacare, uh, such as this uh, refugee resettlement program from the U.N. Common Core. Uh, put anything Common Core is another one. You know, the, the, uh, the federal government takeover of our education system. You can do anything you want. Welfare, uh, free Obama phones, you know, bailouts. You can do anything you want because we're too busy fighting, and that's got to stop. We've got to be Americans first and foremost. As my friend, um, oh, good Lord, I can see him right now. I just forgot his name. As he calls us unhyphenated Americans, uh, Lloyd Marcus. Good Lord. Lloyd, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that, Lloyd. But he, he calls us unhyphenated. When we look at that first and we realize the bounty and beauty of this country, yeah, we had history that you know, in the past that was not always the greatest, but we've overcome it and we continue to move forward. And the more you try to drag us back into the past, the more we're not going to move forward and correct whatever inequities may be out there. But what I don't understand, and it's not bashing the black community, but I need to know where those black leaders that refuse to sit at the back of the bus, what the heck happened to them and what they actually supposed to stand for? It's like now they're trying to drag us back into that mentality, and that's not my way of life, is to go and sit back at a segregated lunch counter, segregated college graduations, segregated schools. I'm, I'm over it. I'm so over the racial divide within this country. Lucretia, it's funny that you say that. I see that you're in Georgia, correct? Yes. Are you? Okay. So one thing that I noticed, I traveled to Georgia for work, and I'm going to take a hit on this, but Georgia is very segregated, and it's a a democracy segregated amongst – I know they say that that Georgia has moved forward in economy or moved forward with the businesses coming. Georgia has Georgia to me is is is, is a, it, you have the blacks against the whites. You have I don't know. It, and, and, my grandchildren are mixed. My grandfather and my grandmother was the first interracial couple of Jackson County, Georgia, in the late fifties, early sixties. My my fiance is white. I'm not seeing it. I'm not griping about it, and I don't care. I just formed my own LLC. I just formed my own production studio. I, it's the mindset of individuals and not a collective group think. Yeah, it, I get that, and I get, and I, I, I do see integration, but I see more. The more and more I speak to 
African Americans coming from a different city. I'm not from there. I don't live there. And this is not the first time I heard this. It's, it's, it's other people that come from other cities um, that date interracial that are, you know, that are just, like I said, come from other cities. It is, it, it's like this clan, and it's, it's the Democratic clan. And if, you're, and if you're black and you're Republican, with like the rest of the, I mean, cities, it's a lot of cities that are, you know, there are some that are more open where you're African-American and you can be Republican. But Georgia's one of those, Georgia's one of those cities, well, Atlanta is one of those cities um, where <clears throat> if you are African-American or you are Republican, it does not fly. It just does not fly. And I know I'm not here that, to please society. What, I'm not here but to please I wanna, society. I have seven grandchildren that's going to look up to me and not look at society and what other people have to say. They're going to sit there and look at their strong grandmother that had a first child at 15 and number four at the age of 20. They're going to look at their grandmother and realize she crawled out of the project. She crawled out of that victim mentality thinking, and she's not going to stop. They're going to look at their grandmother as being the very first the black president of Lanier Tea Party Patriots and is standing firm within the Republican Party. I don't care what anybody else got to say about me. I'm here more to save my nation, so don't hyphenate me. I, Curious. I and if more people it. got that gumption and wherewithal, we'll be a better nation and a better place. I I'm red, white, Amen. and blue. God, family, country. In that I order. I applaud you. I applaud you. Uh, you and I are from the same background, same circumstances, just different cities. Um, and I applaud you because I don't think that, that you know, um, People in the nation, they understand that it's hard. And CS and I, we had this, you know, this conversation in Jacksonville. It's hard being a minority and, and the, the, the shots that we take being a Republican woman or a man. But I think... I get it from the black like, side. I don't get it from the white oh, side. Yeah. I get oh, it yeah, from the black it. side. I Let's get, get honest. I get, I get more racism get from my own folks than I do from any other nationality Absolutely. out there. Absolutely. I am called a coon. I am called I want to be white. Where does that come from? I don't even get that. I want to be white. Well, hello, I'm dark. I'm, I'm, I'm caramel complexed. I know my color. However... Uh, I know where I come from. I know that I came from the urban ghetto, the dwellings. But uh, I, I do get that, and I, I think that's something that we must stop. I, I do like that they have the, the young kids at, at turning point, and they do have the walk away because that's something that's needed. It's not just about black. It's about Latino. It's about Indian. It's about whoever. It's time to walk away. We are not the status quo, and that's what's going to make the Republican Party strong. That's what's going to make us lead the nation. I think that our work is just beginning. Um, we have great leaders in in various cities, and, and it is our turn. It's our turn to lead. I, I think our mind I have been totally hearing different. so much negativity. I literally prayed and said, God, what do you want me to do? So me, measly going through a divorce in the whole night with no money in her pocket, somehow got to Houston, Texas, was welcomed into a tow truck driver's woman home just to ask her, what makes America great from you? Just talking to historians, going to Washington, D.C., going to Macon, Georgia, to the Trump rally, going around the nation and walking up to people, not the elite, not Hollywood greatness. But my documentary mm -hmm. is actually walking up to regular Americans and asking them point blank, what makes America great to you? And that is what my whole life is about. That is what my documentary is about. If no one understands that, I don't care. Get out my way because you ain't stopping nothing ever. I let too many people stop me in my, on my path. Not anymore. I got a lot to fight for. 
Well, we got a question Nicole, in the chat let me room from Kel. Well, we got a question right, in the chat room from Kel. Kel is asking, you know, how both Lucretia and uh, Nicole feel about tactics lately that we have. And it's, it's, it's tactics to shut down the conservative message. And she asked specifically about white conservative women being accosted by Democratic black women. But we see it across the spectrum with the attacks on various personnel in Fox, uh, by attacks on various personnel in the Trump administration. If you are a conservative or you are pro-Trump, you, know, you are prone to being attacked by the left. So let's go with uh, Nicole first. Here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. The left, the left is going to always attack you, whether you're white or you're black. They're going to attack you. If you're a Republican right now in this day and age, 2018, you're going to be attacked. Well, we must understand one thing about Republican women and men. We have this sense about us. We don't rewrite history. We say facts. And we have to be strong, and this is a time where we have to come together. What I don't like is the bickering among our, amongst our party. Our party needs to come together, and we need to be stronger. We need to be stronger more than ever. But, but the attacks, I would ignore them. I would ignore them, and I would come back. And you don't have to. You can class it up. You don't, you don't have to um, be the Nancy Pelosi. You don't have to scream and shout, and, and, you, and you don't have to jump down into the audience. We need to be the strong, conservative, Republican men and women, tell it like it is, hold our standards high, and walk away. And that's how I deal with it. When you class things up, it goes away. My turn. And- Come at me, bro. I'm the new breed of the Republican <laughs> Party. I'm going to smack you down with facts, and if you get three feet in front of me, I might reach out and touch. She's more of the MLK. I'm more as Malcolm X. By any means necessary, I'm protect myself. God gave me fight or flight. I ain't flying no more. Comes at me, bro. I'm not taking the lip. I'm not taking the attacks, and you better not run up on me in public. I have a concealed carry <laughs> weapon. I don't deal with stupidity anymore. I deal with it by academics. I deal with it by reading. I deal with it by fact check. So when you come to me, you have to come to me correct because I'm going to fact check you. I know if it's because I'm on TV, I'm on radio, but I have to fact check you. And once you fact check someone, they have nothing to say. And then I come back and say, so you are a Democrat. I'm a Republican. You talk about what Republicans don't do, but I'm a Republican that goes into your very neighborhood that you're supposed to be serving, and I give my scholarships, and I mentor. That's what I do. That's what the Republican Party do. That's what a Republican woman does. And then they Now, being on the, the other side, not. you're not going to throw food in my face. You're not going to surround mm-hmm. me and my family. You're not going to stand up in my ear and blow a whistle. You're not going to spit on me. You're not going to hit me or anything oh, like no. that is happening to all this. That is when I say come at me, bro. I could take words. Okay? But when it looks like you're going to be one of those antiphases or one of those people on the left that don't know their place in life, I will put you in your place and make primetime television. Take one for the team. <laughs> no, <laughs> I got a question for both of y'all. <laughs> I've got a question for both of you, and I'll start okay. with Nicole. 2020 is just around the corner, the presidential okay. election. What do you hope to achieve between now and then that will impact the, the future of this country and our party as an individual? What I, hope, 
as an individual, I hope to. I hope to. So my goal, and I know you and I, we we spoke a lot about this, T.S. I met you in Jacksonville. I am on a mission um, with Worldwide Strategies and America's First Mopac, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, um, Sonny Wilson. I will be going every city across the U.S. from now until 2020, working with every candidate that's running to create more minority engagement, to create more engagement for um, those that are from the lower middle class um, and the poor, and, and, and get my message out. Because sometimes people want to hear real. And, and, and I think seeing us on TV is one thing, hearing us on the radio is one thing, but the ground zero, for me, I will have my face on TV, but I will go and hit ground zero, and that's my promise, and that's what I have been doing, and I hope to come back strong in 2019 and and actually work with the president in 2020 because we have to change America. We cannot, for me, I cannot let a Democratic president get into office. For my people, I cannot. For the people of the United States of America, I cannot, because we all know that's where it's going to lead us. And it was talks that Hillary Clinton was running. I cannot let a Clinton get into office. I cannot let Hillary get into office. I am against the Clintons. I am against the 1994 crime law bill that her husband put in place. She was the think tank behind him. I am against the crack cocaine sentencing guideline. Well, we, and my goal is to educate those that don't know, because when you don't know, you only know what you know, and you only do what you do. So that is my goal from now up until 2020. All right, Lucretia. Continue doing what I'm doing. God has really have blessed me with the platform, and that means educate, be funny, but be um, be inspirational, be educational, and be funny at the same time, but get out there. Continue to let, allow people to red pill themselves, point them in the right direction, and also get out there into my mess is my message. And whoever I can touch and wherever I'm welcome, I'm going to be there. I have no big sponsors behind me. Wherever God leads me, I'm not saying no. So that's what I'm going to continue to do. Just be Lucretia Hughes, a patriot's point of view from the good old South, and let them know that I love my nation, and it's always going to be God's family country in that order, and continue to um, expose the UN, Agenda 2030, uh, the politicians, regardless if it's on the left or the right, but continue to wake people up. And that's what I want to do. Man, the attack on our nation with globalism is is amazing. And I'm glad, Lucretia, that you are doing this job. Uh, Go ahead, Nicole. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I said, Lucretia, I love you. I love you, lady. I love love your message. (laughs) And let me jump into all the love. Well, I'm the odd man out here. <laughs> well, okay, one thing I do want to do, I talked to CS about this. I'm I'm getting down to Florida again. I already have candidates that I'm going to be working with, but I got to get down and talk to Rick Scott. Rick Scott, I'm coming for you because I want to talk to you. And and I love Rick Scott. I'm glad that he's fighting back, but I just want to set this record straight. You know, this record has to be set straight. And I think the straight talk woman is the person that can do it. And I want the world to see it because this is this is total ludicrous this is just yep. ludicrous down there We're it's ludicrous across the nation 
It's going to take more people than me and you to ring the alarm about, it's not even voter fraud, it's election fraud across the nation. And somebody yeah. needs to be screaming this to the top of the line. They got some exposure and make this noticeable. Tell you got Texas, Arizona, Florida, Alabama, Georgia. We can go Illinois. We go on and on. This is election fraud. It's no longer voter fraud. Well, yeah, actually, I, think I, I, heard, I have a, I have a stack. I heard of on the stuff news that Brenda off. Snipe was stepping down. Is she gonna cut her hair too? <laughs> Well, she shouldn't. That's not that she should be stepping down. Brenda Snipes should be escorted out of the office. When this happens, she should just be escorted out. And no ifs, ands, or buts about it. She shouldn't even be allowed to, to, to do the count right now. She should be gone. None of the counts should matter. None of those, yeah, you know, I, I matter. Those ballots that they was pulling up in those cars and dropping those ballots off in the in, in the dark of the night. Not, those ballots, none of those ballots should be countable. No, and we and those names should be pulled. And why they're saying that we have to, you know, we we have to count. We have to count every vote accountable for. Okay, so let's pull these names and see if these people are legal. A, okay, let's pull their names. Proof of residency. If I was Rick Scott, I would be pulling names, proof of residency. Since since we have to since we have to delay the election anyway, and we got to delay who's who's won this election, let's just go ahead and delay it. And if it got to get delayed up until January, so those thousands that you have, let's delay it all the way up until January and make sure that every ballot that you have is accounted for and they are legal voters. And this is legal. That's how to stop that. Broward County should stop. They should be stopped. This is this is your right, Lucretia. It's, it's election fraud. It, it's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It is. It's, it's well, I need to fraud. know. They're attempting. Well, I'm just saying, I need to know this because eventually they did not follow directions down there in Broward County. Who in the world fed her after midnight and poured water on her to make her look like the newest gremlin on the scene? And how and why she wasn't walked out and fired in 2016? They asked for this. Yeah. it, It seems that it's an elected office, so Rick Scott can't pull her out. I don't know if the uh, attorney general for the state of Florida can do it. Charges should have been preferred against her, and she should have been ineligible for election because when she did this in 2016, it was a federal felony. She should not have been elected or even put on the ballot. And, you know, it it goes to the point where the attorneys uh, between the two different camps were questioning ballots, and the clerk brings the ballot forward, and it's denied because it's not a U.S. citizen. The judge says this is the first one they saw that was not a U.S. citizen, so they denied it. Then the attorneys for Nelson and Gillum objected to the denial. So the uh, wow. Gillum and Nelson want illegal alien votes to be counted. The judge's name is Bonativa, is who it is, and the attorneys for um, for Nelson is Scarlola. And for Gillum is Gonzalez. Now it gets even weirder because the attorney for Nelson said that the, the attorney that um, had objected to that, that ballot being tossed was not even supposed to be there in the courtroom at the time he made the objection. No one knows why this guy was there representing Nelson. 
you know, it gets even worse where you have an affidavit from Chelsea Marie Smith, who was one of the election workers, a campaign worker. She signed an affidavit stating she saw the staff filling in blank absentee ballots. She personally observed them. There was a stack to one side of them that were blank. They were filling out the boxes or the circles, whatever it is, and putting them into another stack of completed ballots. So we don't even know that the ballots that they are that Snipes is counting are even filled out by actual voters or forged. It goes on, goes on and on. You got Representative Matt Getz, who actually got tossed out because he was there to observe. He's a congressman, and they denied him access to be an observer. I mean, it, what is going on in Florida? Criminal, ladies, criminal. Yeah, it's fast criminal. It's, it's horrible. I mean, wow. it, it needs to be stopped. It really does. Wow. You had, there was a woman in, I believe it was Minnesota, moved out of Florida five years ago. She got an absentee ballot mailed from Snipes to her home in Minnesota. She's no longer a legal Florida voter. How many more of those ballots were mailed out to former residents that no longer are eligible to vote in Florida? Um, you had uh, you had ballots that were bundled into rental cars and rental vans yep. uh, that no one had access to. Yeah, you had an Illinois woman. Uh, matter of fact, she made herself fame uh, with a YouTube video a while back because she is a black conservative female. She was there working the pole, and people were coming in. There was one guy that was so drunk that you could smell him, she said, seven feet away, and the Democrats were going to allow him to vote. You had a 92-year-old man who came in with such bad dementia, he had no idea where he was, and they were going to allow him to vote. Voter fraud was not just Florida or Texas or Georgia. You had a a professor in New York stealing uh, signs for Republicans off personal lawns, people's lawns. It is nationwide. Yeah, you had in Athens, Georgia. You had a uh, a sitting commissioner uh, called on video taking up Republican signs around Athens. A sitting commissioner. Nothing happened. Yeah, Yeah, it's not good at all. It's really not. So I I just think that she needs to go, and that's the bottom line. She needs to go, and I think you know Governor Rick Scott. He wanted to do something years ago. But he didn't want to look like, you know, I mean, it's her. Racist. Go ahead and say the word. <laughs> racist. You know, that thing, he was racist. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, I think at some point, sometimes you got to take the hit. And the hit is she needs to go. She needs to go. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Are we talking about well, Hillary Clinton? Because I could have told you talk about Hillary She needs to go, too. Yeah, oh yeah, she definitely <laughs> needs to go. I'm tired of her. She, she, she. Yes, Debbie she Washington, Schultz, all of them. Debbie, <laughs> <laughs> what? John Lewis. Schultz, yeah. John Lewis. Put John on there, and and Tippin Island. Uh, Hank Johnson on there too. Shouldn't they be able to retire and, after a while? And and Ruth Bader, <laughs> Ingrid. She needs to go. She needs to retire. Pelosi. Pelosi. <laughs> We're trying to get rid of the whole Democrat Party. Definitely. <laughs> Maxine yeah, Waters. Yeah, Pelosi oh, needs man. to go, definitely. 
Oh, Maxine, she's yeah. definitely got to go. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to have two years of the Democrats giving us gifts, so that's going to line us up for Trump to overrun everything come 2020. So we've got two years of the Democrats just being foolish. And they're going to turn around. They're going to try to impeach Trump. They're going to try to impeach Kavanaugh. They're going to go after all these investigations. And the more they do and the more they stall, the more the red wave is going to continue to wake up, the more we're going to see the walkaway movement expand. And it's going to be a gift to us in two years. So we, we survived eight years of Obama. If we can survive eight years of Obama, I think we can survive two years of Pelosi in the House. I think we can handle think- this and be geared up. And energized. Yes, I, I absolutely think that. Definitely. I I'm gonna that. stay energized every I'm staying energized every single day. I'm I'm just not a you know, it's election time. No, I'm every day, all day. Politics is my passion and now that I'm woke and I see it, it's time to ring the alarm and God, God gave me a platform. So let's see where this platform takes me and, and regardless, I'm still gonna run my big mouth. Call me but Medea Light. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I get it. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I'm looking at the clock, and I see that we got just six minutes left in the segment. It is going so fast. I'm having so much fun. I knew if I just – I just have to sit back and let the two of you two of you go. <laughs> just a little poke here and there. <laughs> oh, wow. Man. So, yeah, I, I mean, Mark was here to get in on this. <laughs> well, Mark, Mark will start preaching. Mark will tell us about the First Amendment, Second Amendment, and why he's a Republican. And don't ever, ever, ever question him about it. <laughs> All right, then. I love he's it. He's coming up I next. I love it. <laughs> so, uh, oh, man. I'm, I'm locked and loaded. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm all set. I'm all ready. <laughs> so, hey. Yeah. Okay, Me now, too. Lucretia. You've got your own uh, uh, podcast that you do that you put up on Facebook. And, girl, you got to tell me what type of camera you use. I, I emailed you uh, before asking about that, but you got to tell me what you use because you got such a, a beautiful, clear picture. And, uh, Nicole, you've Intake? got your, your... – Really? <laughs> well, so I'm I cheap. start my, my show on ABC 30, um, Straight Talk. We're doing uh, point counterpoint. I have two attorneys on my show, one Democrat, one liberal. I'm the Republican. So this is going to be fun. It comes on this Sunday, 6.30 a.m. You can log on to my website, the Nikki J Experience, and the downloads will be there as well if you're out of town, out of St. Louis and the Missouri area. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, because I, I was watching your videos that you have up under Nikki J, that website, and the ones you've done in the past where you rebuilt houses and went into neighborhoods to help out are absolutely amazing, and how you Thank give you. back to the neighborhood you come from. And Lucretia, you, you know, you and I met back in uh, January in Myrtle Beach at the uh, South Carolina Tea Party Coalition Convention, and you weren't supposed to be there that day. No, I was only supposed to be there to really promote the Georgia Republican Assembly. And um, that's why I was there. But to have that opportunity to actually get up and speak, I had to go clear my mind and sit at the ocean. When I finished talking to you, I walked across the street and centered myself and prayed. And God gave me the opportunity. And from going, like I tell anybody, from being homeless in December to where walk in the halls of Congress in June, it's nobody but God. Okay. Amen to that. Amen to that. 
the two of you do tremendous great work and you know Lucretia you look so young in person I can't believe that you've got grandchildren God bless you for that and your story is so it's not unique but it is so uniquely American and uplifting that you you give hope to every single person here in our nation because our nation gave you the opportunity to be who you are to succeed First, you have to realize within yourself, as an individual, you have to take that first step. That's, that's a way of paying it forward, but nobody's going to give you anything for free. So you either got to get tired to the point of enough is enough, or you're going to continue to wallow in the pit of disappointment and unsuccessfulness in life. But it's up to each and everybody to figure out if they want to be successful, prosperous, and happy, and know what they're fighting for, or they're going to always be lemons and sheep and continue to follow behind. So that's why I say God did not make us as followers. He made us as leaders. Now, it's up to you to decide if that's what you are. Well, you yeah. know, what we find is everyone plays the victim game. You know, oh, woe is me. I am not getting anywhere because it's this person's fault or it's society's fault or it's someone else's fault. It's not my fault. It's not because I find that maybe I'm not approaching a situation the right way or maybe I need to rethink how I'm approaching it. Instead of thinking creatively, uh, constructively, uh, critically, it's easier to say it's someone else's fault that I'm in the situation and not get yourself taken out of it. But this is what Americans should be doing. We should be critically thinking. We should be thinking outside the box. Yeah, we got a problem. How do we solve it? And that's what makes us uniquely American. And as you talk about it, Lucretia, about this, the globalism attitude is the attitude of, hey, it's someone else's fault, someone else's responsibility, and I'm not responsible for what is happening to me. No, I believe in heaven. Heaven has gates and heaven has borders. And if there's a rigorous test that you're going to have to complete to make it to heaven, there should be a rigorous test that you need to complete to become a United States citizen. But that's just me. You see how to segue way they know what else to say. I'm into that. Oh, but seriously, yeah. I'm, I'm praying that I really want a radio show now. I got the podcast down. I think I can handle radio, and I'm not not mainstream, not mainstream. I like glitter bombs, so uh, I think I radio hey, show now. Let's see what God has in store, huh? Lucretia, how about we do? Yes. I, I travel to Atlanta to work. Let's do a radio show in Atlanta. This is one. Why not? Let's do it. Let's do. It. <laughs> look at. Um, listen to me. Let's do it. When, where, how, and why? Tell me where I need to be, and I'm there. Two African-American women, you're from the projects. I'm from the roughest part of St. Louis City. You might as well say the project because it was bad. So we are Republicans. Let's just do it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm game. It. Like I said, I'm not turning down any opportunities because uh, Wayne LaPierre told me, your networking is your net worth. It's not about what you know. It's the people that you surround yourself with and who you know. So you, let's Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I'm ready. I'm ready when you're ready. And I, I think we need to be on Fox News and set the record straight. Could you imagine CS and Annie? Honey, we need to go on The View. Can you imagine both of us on The View? Those cackling chickens wouldn't know what to do. We'll get kicked off The View. Oh, they'll call security on us. They'll do like Donald Trump did to Costa. Get them out right now. That's enough. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my goodness, you would kick butt if you ever were on the view. They'd be storming off the set so fast. <laughs> I don't think Whoopi Goldberg's dreadlocks would follow her because that's how fast she'd be running off the stretch the stage. <laughs> yes, they would get us out. I love it. Yeah. Oh, ladies, I want to. Thank you for joining us. It has been so much fun and such pleasure. Uh, you're welcome to stick around if you want to, you know, have a conversation with Mark Robinson. Also, I'd be happy to have the three of you together. Oh my god! Well, I'm getting ready for my show, but y'all have fun. All right, <laughs> right. <Lisa>. it's <laughs> lazy all day. <laughs> okay. Well, Nicole, you're welcome. You're welcome to stick around, Nicole, if you would like. I am going to listen to Mark, and I am going to, I'm actually headed on the road um, to get away politics for a minute. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> but I'm going to listen for about 10 minutes, so why not? Well, God bless. <laughs> Take care. All right, people can find Lucretia on Facebook, Lucretia B. Hughes up on Facebook, and check out Nikki J., her website also. So let's welcome aboard our latest victim to this insane style we have going on today, Mark Robinson. Good afternoon, Mark. How are you today? Hey, how you doing? I hey, am doing you, just fine. Um, I'm sorry about the confusion. The last time we were supposed to have you on, uh, I don't know what happened there, but hey, defecation occurs, and usually it happens on my head. <laughs> anyway, so welcome yep. aboard. Um, you have a website, Majority Matters USA, uh, and you are also known as uh, I Am the Majority, because you went and approached your uh, your town or city council uh, in support of gun rights, because where you live, they were threatening them. Well, yeah, they were actually uh, trying to cancel the, our gun show that we have every year here in Greensboro. And uh, they were only doing it as a – I think they were trying to do it as some type of symbolic gesture because, um, according to them, what happened in Florida, which, of course, is ridiculous. I mean, that doesn't help the situation at all. Banning the gun show is not going to do anything. Uh, oddly enough, they have not – they did not speak then and have not spoken since then about doing anything about the school safety. We've only had one county commissioner in this area in Gilbert County who spoke up and tried to do something about enhancing our school safety. And we uh, had a former uh, Greensboro uh, SRO, a school resource officer, perfect candidate for the school board here in Gilbert County who was running at large. And they didn't vote him into office either. So, I mean, it's just another one of those examples where these socialists uh, come up with solutions that are just silly, symbolic gestures that don't solve any problems. Yeah, I happen to agree because here in where I live, we just had the the school board elections, and we actually turned – most of the school board over. We still have you know, three old holdouts, but hey, the majority is no longer the left. We now have conservatives and people that are actually looking to be proactive in changing the school board and policies. This is one of the hardest things to do. You know, we have to invigorate the voters enough to make them angry enough to go to the polls and vote. That's part of the problem. That is part of the problem. Uh, there's a lot of voter apathy 
uh, on our side. And we've got to figure out a way to get these people out and get them energized and get them out here to vote and, and get them to understand that uh, just because President Trump got elected to office doesn't mean that we can sit back now and cruise. <clears throat> Uh, in order for his, his programs, in order for his agenda, in order for the things that he's trying to do and the things he's succeeding at to continue, uh, we've got to expand that. And uh, like they say, all politics are local. And uh, that's where it really counts. So we have got to start to try to energize people to get out and vote in these local elections, to vote for these conservative candidates in these local elections. Yeah, are you on a speakerphone? Because you're starting to fade in and out. I'm sorry, I'm actually moving around. I'm getting ready to go be still right now. <laughs> oh man, um, I'm trying to do I'm trying to do I'm, two things at once. All right, how's that? Can you hear me now? A, a lot better, a lot better. And some people can okay, walk and chew gum. I'm gonna stay right <laughs> here in this right here. All right, great. You know, uh, we were talking with Lucretia and uh, Nicole about what's going on with these elections. And it's just not alone in just the state of Florida or Georgia or Texas. It is actually nationwide, these these attempts to usurp our ability to elect legally our representatives. Mm -hmm. And you notice that it always happens in these highly blue, dense urban areas. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, well, you know, it's nothing new. It's absolutely nothing new. Uh, Democrats have been doing this since the days of Andrew Jackson. Uh, when the law comes along that they don't like, they simply ignore it. Uh, when results from uh, voting come around that they do not accept, they just they don't stand for it. They do whatever it is they have to do to resist law and order, the will of the voters. Uh, they will trample all over people's rights to get their way. And right now they are desperate for power, and it's showing. And I, I tell you, it's sad. It, they're really, they're really pushing the envelope uh, towards. Uh, I hate to say it, they're pushing the envelope towards violence. I mean, how much more can people tolerate from these folks? I mean, you you go to the polls, you you volunteer for your candidates, you you, you do everything that you can legally. You go and vote. Your candidate is voted in, and then these people uh, usurp your vote by digging up uh, ballots, making up ballots, holding up the process, uh, and doing whatever they can to force their way into power. How much more can people take from them? I mean, how much more can we take? I mean, we're already being attacked in the streets for our political beliefs. We're being attacked in restaurants. We're being attacked in hotels. We're, like I said, being attacked in the streets. How much more of it can we take? I mean, it, it really is it's reaching the point now where somebody has really got to stand up and say enough is enough and put their foot down and really stop these people dead in their tracks. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's, it's one thing where we are law-abiding citizens, and yet we have the opposite side freely violating the laws in numerous ways, and not a finger is being lifted to prosecute them. You know, for example, mm -hmm. in Fulton County, Georgia, where Stacey Abrams is heavily based, um, they've been pushing for, you know, the recount, and yet a full 1,811 provisional ballots in Fulton County were duplicate. That is 49% of the, of the mm -hmm. provisional ballots were duplicate. Guess who is the judge presiding over the campaign lawsuits? Stacey Abrams' mm -hmm. sister. Yeah. You want to rig yeah. the court it, it, system? 
You're not only rigging it, the it, electoral it, system, you rig the court system too. It, it, it's absolutely just a repeat of Reconstruction. That's all it is. It's a repeat of all the violence and, and political shenanigans that went on during Reconstruction. It's the it, instead, but instead of the Ku Klux Klan and the Democrats, now it's uh, the Democrats and Antifa and all the leftist socialists that are out there. So, uh, you know, when we talk about this whole issue of, of voting. Uh, for me, I, and I talked to my wife about this today. We both agreed. Uh, you know, I honestly believe that all this early voting, this two weeks of voting, and voting at any precinct, I think that should be ended. I think we should have one day for voting. Our voting rights are sacred. I think that the businesses should be shut down. The schools should be shut down. There should be a voting day. Uh, ID should be required for everybody. You should have to re- show your ID at your precinct and show up that day if you want to vote. Voting polls should be open from 6 to 6 or 6 to 12 or whatever that day. And and the vote should take place on one day, be counted the next day, confirm the day after that, and end it. Because this is getting absolutely out of hand. There's nobody <coughs> excuse me, that can tell me that we cannot get this vote count right. Amazon, as big as Amazon is, they can get a package from Tennessee, a small package from Tennessee to my house in less than a day. I know good and well we can come up with a system to be able to count the votes of everybody in this country and be able to do it accurately. It is just a matter of people playing fast and loose with these ballots and and committing voter fraud, and it needs to stop. We need to start taking our votes more seriously. And right now our election boards and, and really our government as a whole is not doing that. Because like I said, voting should take place on one day. And it should, it's so important to this nation. Voting is so important to this nation that every business should be shut down in order for people to go out and vote. It should be just like any other holiday. It should be like Christmas. It should be like Thanksgiving. Businesses should be closed. Employees should have time off so they can go and vote. But uh, unfortunately, it's not like that. But I, I, I truly believe it needs to go back to that because right now what we have is a debacle. Mark, yeah, wouldn't, it be, um, yeah. wouldn't it be a strong signal if um, some of these people were arrested and adjudicated um, guilty, wouldn't that send a message to others who were following in the past, like um, Brenda Snipes? I, I think she should. It's high time, past the time when she should have been fired. Uh, but after this, I think an investigation should be done. And if the, it can be bought, they should be bought. And if they're, of course, if she's convicted, yes, she should go to jail and she should go to jail for a substantial time. Because, like I said, our vote is. That's the most sacred right that we have in this country, one of the most sacred rights we have. And for people to play around with them like this and, and be allowed to play around with them like this is ridiculous. And where, do, where does it stop? Where does it end? And you notice it's always, it is always these leftists that are doing this. You know, back in the old days, it was, uh, it was the Klan and it was uh, uh, the, the, the bigoted Democrats that were doing it. Nowadays, it's the leftists. That are doing it. it It's ridiculous Something has got to be done We need some serious voter reform in this country And I believe really that it starts With ending this early voting And, 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 and taking this vote seriously Making people have ideas when, 
come down on that one day and vote. When you look at the people in charge of the country and they get away with crime, say like Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, then everybody else beneath them would say, well, they got away with it. Why can't I? And I think that's part of the uh, inherent problem with our system now, that the people that are in leadership and should be held to, you know, a higher, you know, level, they mm-hmm. get away with things. So everybody Absolutely. beneath them is always say, well, they got away with it. Why are you, why are you messing with me? Why are you bothering me? So I think we have exactly. to um, start holding people accountable. And more than just accountable, you know, send some of these folks to jail at the, uh, in the upper echelon, and maybe people will start to get the message that, you know, we are a nation of laws. Absolutely. Uh, I wrote a post some months ago uh, about that, or actually a couple of years ago about that. And it's really, it's sad. You know, we hold, uh, we hold our actors and athletes and our singers, uh, uh, particularly our athletes to a higher standard than we hold those who are, uh, we elect to represent us in, in government. Uh, it, it's very sad. Uh, some of the same actions that would get uh, a young man kicked off of a football team or baseball team or basketball team uh, barely garners a slap on the wrist uh, for a senator or a congressman or even the president. Um, you know, we see the egregious things that Bill Clinton did when he was in office, and he stayed president. If any, if, in our climate today, if any basketball player or, 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 or football player did something like that, they'd be immediately kicked off the team. So we're we're holding. We're holding people who have absolutely no uh, say-so in our lives to a higher standard than we do to our elected officials, and it's, it's, it's very sad. It's very sad. Well, i got to give a shout-out to some people that are I just saw coming up in some of the chat rooms, to our friend Kay Carl Smith, who's listening over up on Facebook. So thanks, Kay Carl. <laughs> Love to see that you're listening in. Um, but this is this is the problem. We're supposed to be a representative republic, and once they started whittle away at the foundation of our constitution, then they started whittling away down at on everything. So now they restrict our Second Amendment rights through either a type of ammunition or a bump stock or this is called an assault rifle. No, wait a minute. That's not what the Constitution reads. That is not the Second Amendment. So then they whittle on that. Then they whittle on free speech. Then they whittle down on religion. And it just it just trickles all the way down to local laws just being completely ignored. Yeah, that's exactly right. One thing that I'm sick of, I'm sick of hearing people like Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and, and, and the rest of these leftists. They're always talking about democracy, a democracy, a democracy. We are democ- We are not a democracy. The uh, you know mob. The mob here is not supposed to rule. We are not. We are a constitutional representative republic. We we have a constitution that we go by uh, that that offers up a, and we offer up a system of checks and balances that make sure that no one person or no one entity, whether it be a state. Uh, or, or any other entity holds too much power. And I, I don't understand why these people who are obviously educated <laughs> keep preaching this gospel of democracy. Uh, and, and, and oddly enough, there are some of the very ones that, that will, are willing to throw the Constitution out the window when it suits them. Um, 
I know as far as the Second Amendment goes, uh, I, I think the Second Amendment in some ways is, is in a little bit better shape than the First Amendment because, you know, I, I look at what happened with Jim Acosta, and this is a, it's a good example. I I'm absolutely have been for years been sick of the press. Uh, I have I've had a disposition against them for many years. I've seen their their bias in in, in every form from from movies to the television news to television shows. They're slanted to the left. And the biggest thing I'm disgusted with is the fact that these people in the news media think that because they have First Amendment protection that they can say anything they want to someone. And when that person uses their First Amendment right to respond how they feel, they need to respond, and they, they try to demonize them. It's not only do they think that they have the right to ask you a question, they think you have an obligation to answer like they want you to. But that's not how the First Amendment works, and you know that and I know that. So that's the biggest thing that I see going on right now with, with the mass media and, and, and with, our, with our Constitution. The biggest dent that's being made in it is the fact that free speech is being so heavily restricted. Uh, there are some very foul things that I dis- vehemently disagree with, but uh, I think those things should be allowed to be said. Unfortunately, lots of people on the left don't see it that way. They want to try to restrict every bit of conservative thought that they can, and it's doing a lot of damage in this country. That it is, and I've often said you have the ability, you have the constitutional right of free speech, but with that comes responsibility. Because if you say yes. something, you better be able to defend it or, or to prove whatever it is that you're saying to be true. So there is a responsibility that comes with it. And, you right. know, if someone takes offense to it, hey, that's their constitutional right also to react however they choose to say back to you, whatever. But there's no mandatory response. You know, people don't right. have to think the way you think. That is the beauty of free Speech. That is the beauty of total freedom. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly right, and that's what happened in the incident with uh, President Trump and Jim Acosta. Jim Acosta uh, disagreed with President Trump calling uh, the the so-called caravan an invasion, uh, and not only did he disagree with him, he told him he was a liar because President Trump has the opinion that this is an invasion, which it is. If, if somebody comes to your door, knocks on your door, and demands to come in, and you tell them no, and they force their way in, that is an invasion. So, yes, uh, for Jim Acosta to stand there and try to declare that he has a First Amendment right to stand there and continue to try to bully the President of the United States when his question has blatantly been answered, but not to his satisfaction, it, it's an affront to the First Amendment. Ask the man the question, take his answer, and sit down. He was going to stand there until he got President Trump to say what he wanted to say. Someone needs to explain to him that is not how the First Amendment works. No, and what's worse is CNN and Acosta are contemplating a lawsuit against the Trump administration yeah. for having his press yeah. pass pulled. Wait a minute. That press pass yeah. is a privilege. You have to obtain that. some level of status of professionalism and courtesy to the office of the presidency in order to obtain one of those press passes. When you violate that courtesy, when you, when you accost 
a staff member. And I'm sorry, I watched that film over and over again, and that girl did not trust uh, him as the women on the view mm-hmm. said. It was the other way around. When you failed mm-hmm. to yield the microphone when you were told to do so, you have violated every privilege given to you. So I'm sorry, you're yanked. You're out of here because you're not professional, and you do not have the mm-hmm. ranking that deserves a press pass. Well, you know what, Annie? I'm, of the, I'm not a lawyer, but I am of the legal opinion that you can't tie the president of the United States up in court matters like that, you know, unless he's mm-hmm. done something egregious and it falls under the Constitution where they can impeach him. You can't tie him up in, in litigation like that. So I don't think this, this lawsuit is going anywhere. Yeah, Probably it, it not, certainly should. It, it, it should get laughed out of court is what it should get. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's it, the the attacks on conservatives. And you were talking, you know, we're talking about free speech. Now, I don't know if you came across this. This was in. Uh, oh, uh, this is campus reform that where I got this one. There's a student out of northeast Wisconsin Technical College. Her name is Polly Olson. And she took up a tradition that her mom had. Her mom went to the college. And she was a student there. She used to hand out handmade Valentine's Day cards that read, uh, where is this thing? Uh, Jesus loves you. It was, it's a biblical statement with a Valentine's Day heart on it. And she would hand these out to people on the campus. Well, the campus security, and this girl is a student on the campus, so she had a legal right to be on the campus and interact with fellow students. The campus security made her stop. And then the girl said, hey, well, you're violating my First Amendment rights of free speech and freedom of religion. The First Amendment says you cannot prohibit the free expression thereof of religion, which is what they do. So she filed a lawsuit. Now the college is attempting to get a federal judge to throw the lawsuit out. So you, no matter what we do, they're still going to keep on coming after us now for our guns, for our speech and for our religion. The three main things they'd love to attack. Well, it, like I said, it's just another example of how the left uh, plans to win this cultural war. They don't plan to win this cultural war uh, as smart as they say they are. Now, the people on the left claim that they, claim that they have all the brains and all the education and all the knowledge and all this esoteric wisdom that they have. But when push comes to shove and it's time to put up or shut up, they do one or two things. They just simply turn around and walk away and ignore you because they realize their arguments are not only flawed, but in most cases, they're wicked and wrong. So they, they don't have anything. And, and what, they, what they're seeking to do is, is simply silence people because they know, that they, they know that the messages that they're trying to silence are messages that resonate with regular people normal people whose minds have not been twisted and deviated. Um, and that's why they try so vehemently to shut down these ideas because they know that they will uh, <clears throat> touch people and make people up uh, and draw people in. Uh, I can remember once when they were talking about the, the Ten Commandments being posted in a school. And a judge said, um, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was the Supreme Court justice, maybe, said that 
They don't want to post the Ten Commandments in school because someone might be compelled to read the Ten Commandments. And if they are compelled to read them, they might be compelled to follow them. (laughs) So (laughs) these people absolutely know what it is they're doing. They're trying to stifle the very – they're trying to stifle the speech that will draw people's minds away from the foolishness that they're promoting. Well, Mark, would you agree? Would you agree that we can pretty much reverse this this liberal um, propaganda machine if we reclaim the school system and take out a lot of this liberalism and progressivism and replace it with you know patriotic themes and a respect for um, you know our country you know and the great things it has done. For not only Americans, but for for the, the world, you know, all over, you know. What do you think about that? I think the saddest thing about our school system today is the fact that we are not teaching our children our history. We're teaching our children a form of our history. We're telling these children, uh, these leftists are telling them what they what they want them to know. But we are not teaching our children our, our uh, their history, <clears throat> the history of their nation. We are <clears throat> busy telling black and uh, black people and women and other minorities that they're victims. We do not celebrate uh, the victorious nature of, of of the people in this country, the things that people of all the quote races, so-called races, have overcome. Uh, we don't celebrate how how far this nation has come in its uh, struggle to live out its true, uh, the meaning of its creed. Uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident. We, we've come a long way in that struggle. <clears throat> and the reason why we've come a long way in that struggle is because we have had uh, community leaders and political uh, activists, and we've had people in office who have <clears throat> struggled with these things in a tempered and measured way to take it step by step. Uh, to ensure that this country continues to grow. Uh, you know, when a baby's born, uh, you can't force a baby to grow into an adult overnight. Force a baby to grow into an adult overnight, of course, that baby's probably going to uh, end up being injured. Uh, a nation is the same way. This nation has to take steps in order to cure its ills. Uh, and, and this nation has taken great strides and done great in that area. We have come a long way. Uh, since the days of our exception, we have turned this nation completely around, and uh, we're moving further. We're moving forward even now. But to hear these leftists tell us uh, we're still stuck in 1850, and women are still slaves in the home, and black people are still slaves in the field, and it's absolutely not true. And we have got to start teaching our young people the true history of this country and teaching them how great this nation actually is. Uh, the leftists know that, and that's why they seek to keep such a stranglehold on education, because they know, like you said, that is the key uh, to breaking their stranglehold. Well, I mean, well, so well, it's Mark, ever it's, more it's, evident in in February during Black History Month. How can you have a Black History Month where you talk about um, the history of Black America, but you never mention the political party that liberated blacks from slavery? And you never mentioned who 
propagated slavery, who institutionalized slavery, which was the Democrat Party. You never hear anything about um, um, Booker T. Washington or Frederick Douglass being Republicans, as most black leaders were back then. They never mention that during Black History Month. They give a sanitized version or liberal version. They want to remove statues or anything that will remind people of the role the Democrat Party played in slavery. And it's, it's, I don't know. We've we got to do something about that. It, it is. It's absolutely disgusting. I had the opportunity to talk to a young man who was a Uber driver for me. He drove me from a, uh, it's about an hour drive, hour and a half drive. We discussed politics the entire way home. And I told him about all that history, uh, about uh, how the Democrats were the slaveholders and how the Democrats, uh, what they did during Reconstruction and what the Democrats did during the Jim Crow era and what the Jim- Democrats did during the Civil Rights Movement in the 1960s. Uh, and he was amazed. He had never heard those things, uh, found it incredible uh, that he had never heard those things. And I said, all you have to do is start hitting. All you have to do is look it up. And... Uh, his statement to me when I got out of the car was, wow, I wish I had known this before I voted. So <laughs> it's a message that we have to keep hammering home in every venue that we can. We could not let up. It is, uh, it is our story, and it is our history. People know about it. Uh, I think far too many of us get caught up in the here and now without realizing that the here and now, particularly the here and now, right now, it's simply a repeat of yesterday. And if uh, we can get more people to see that, I think we can gain more supporters who will understand that the key to saving this nation and saving our truly saving our rights is not to embrace socialism, which uh, has spelled the death knell for so many nations around the globe, but to embrace our Constitution and the way of life that it has gotten us, taken us from slavery to the White House. So that's what we have got to get people to, to understand. We've got to under, get them to understand the greatness of America, and it starts, like you said, with teaching the children that in our schools. Well, you know, I've, I've got Kay Carl Smith over in watching on Facebook, and he says, don't walk away, run away, which is, of course, the name of his movie. But we need people like you and people like Kay Carl Smith and people like Burgess, Merit, uh, Burgess Owens to spread the message. I can, I can shout it from the mountaintop, but if it comes from people like you that have lived under the tyranny of, of the Democrats, that understand what it means to crawl out from underneath it and the importance of it and the importance of the pride of the individual. No longer, don't be a victim. Have pride in yourself and in what you accomplish and what you try to accomplish. And that's the difference between the conservative message and the progressive message. That's exactly right. The, the, the conservative message is a message of strength and victory, and the leftist message is a message of victimization. I mean, it's the bottom line. Uh, they love to tout people as victims. Uh, they love to try to preach this gospel of righteous indignation that has never been effective in our communities, ever. What's been effective in our communities is when our young men and our young women understand that their success is really and truly up to them. And they have to take their success, uh, they have to take the bull by the horn, so to speak, 
and go out and forge their own destinies. They don't need to be beholden to an all-powerful government. You don't need to sit at home and wait for a welfare check. You need to get up. You need to rise up. You need to say, my independence, my success in life depends on me. And right now we're just we're witnessing an entire generation being brainwashed into believing that in order to succeed, they need this all-powerful government that's going to give them things for free. And uh, as you said, we've got to speak up against that, and we've got to try to, to show them that uh, that is not the way. It never has been. Mark, no, it's... What, what do you take away from um, Obama's um, presidency as it relates to what he did or didn't do for the black community? Uh, what do I take away from that? He, he, yeah, his just, um, eight years. But you think he, didn't, he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything but advance the socialist cause. That's all he did. President Obama was in office to advance the socialist cause. That was it. There was there was no he was he wasn't there for African Americans. He wasn't there for 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 white Americans. He wasn't there for America. He was there to advance the socialist cause, and he did a very good job of doing that while he was in office. Uh, and Hillary Clinton had gotten the opportunity to go into office. She would have been. The same way. She would have been the same way. Mm. She would have been someone who was simply there to push the uh, socialist agenda. So uh, that's what I take away from his presence, that he was there just simply to advance socialism. I'm in agreement. Yes. And if, if we don't, if we don't kowtow to their socialistic ways, then instead they intimidate and I found this quite not so much amusing for the poor guy. There was a guitarist who played with ZZ Top uh, star Billy Gibbons, and he rose to fame on the show America's Got Talent. He has been fired uh, from his gig after posing for a photo wearing a Make America Great Again hat and holding a Chick-fil-A. The guy's name is Benton Blout. Yeah, and he lost his opening act with the ZZ Top guitarist Billy Gibbons. He was supposed to go on tour with him for seven shows. He did four of them. And he got, uh, because he posted it with wearing the red Make America Great Again hat and I voted sticker on election day while holding a Chick-fil-A sandwich and a drink. And the photo caption read, someone reading this just got offended multiple times. My work here is done. Vote. Uh, he also got banned from Facebook. Yeah. Yes, for 24 hours. Well, you know, uh, it goes back again to the whole thing of free speech. Uh, I just can't stress enough. Uh, We talk a lot about the Second Amendment, and yes, the Second Amendment is under attack. But the First Amendment is under a more insidious attack and a, a much more effective attack. When you have people who are afraid to wear out, to wear, uh, political buttons or political hats that espouse their political beliefs, our First Amendment is under serious attack. And I'm telling you, uh, it is way past time for somebody to stand up and say, quite frankly, oh, hell no, this will not happen in this country to anybody. And nobody is doing it, and it's quite distressing. Uh, I know there's I've met several people who said that they they live in fear of wearing out a, a, a 
waiting for the day for someone to attack me because of what I'm wearing, an NRA hat or MAGA hat or anything else. I will not stand for it. And I, the, the, the elected officials in this country are going to have to be forced to come together and stand up against this because it is simply not right. And, and somebody's got to do something about it. No, it, it, we're under attack, and it's not just, you know, this one musician, but you've got members of the Trump staff. Uh, you've got members of Fox News. Yeah. Tucker Carlson was a cost. His, his house was um, – they attempted to break into the house. That's they actually spirit. broke the front door while his wife was home alone um, with Antifa groups shouting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but th- they didn't report. This came out last month. He was out – to dinner with his son and daughter and he was at a private country club and his daughter got up with a friend to go to the ladies room. She's 19 years old. She was going through the bar to go to the ladies room. She gets stopped by someone at the bar. And when she was asked Tucker Carlson, she goes, yes, pointing to Tucker because he's my dad. And then he called her an effing whore. Uh, A lot of other things. She was so upset. She got back to the table crying told her father what happened, yeah. and she left. And Tucker Carlson yeah. and his son approached the man. And words were exchanged, and Tucker Carlson's son threw a glass of wine in his threw face. a glass of wine in his face, Consequent- yeah. yeah. Yep. And consequently, the guy got banned from the country club. But this is, this is yeah. you can't even go out to eat anymore. A- absolutely. It's sick. It's sick. And it's sick that nobody's doing anything about it. That's the worst thing about it. The worst thing about it is that nobody is speaking up against it. These, these, even these leftist, uh, left-leaning, we love everybody people, they're the worst ones. They're the ones promoting it. But I'm telling you, it, 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 it's really, these guys are pushing it to the brink. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, once violence happens, God forbid that it does, but if violence ever happens, they're going to turn around and try to blame it on the very people whose buttons they've been pushing and they've been attacking for all, all these many months and years. And, and like I said, it, it's going to take – what it's going to take is this. It's going to take some common sense – people with common sense on the opposite side of the aisle, some common sense Democrats to stand up and say, look, we don't agree with these people's policies, but attacking people is out of the question. I don't understand why I have not heard one – person, say for the small comment that Michelle Obama made disagreeing with Eric Holder. I have not heard one of those people stand up and say that. And it's very sad that they happen. No, it is very sad. And it's unfortunate. And as Forp in the chat room reminded me about the congressional uh, ball game where they were at practice and Steve Scalise was nearly killed. He was shot. Uh, yeah. We had two uh, D.C. police officers <laughs> were also injured. You know, it is blatant. And what happens? What is the response? My congressman, a Republican, Mark Sanford, blamed Trump's rhetoric. No, you've got a rabid left, and the left is doing nothing to control these animals. There's no other description for them. Animals. They're not doing anything. In fact, they're just, they're encouraging them. And and not only are they encouraging them, they're actually trying to bring others into the fold. And, and I can assure you, I can assure you that for every illegal that, that comes in in these sanctuary states, they'll pander to, those, pander to those folks 
and, and, and give them all kind of welfare to get them to join the fold, and they'll encourage them to do the same types of things. So, um, you know, I, I'm not sure what the answer is uh, for anybody else, but I know what the answer is for me. And the answer for me is simply, I'm just simply not going to take it. If anybody feels like they need to attack me physically, uh, I certainly have a remedy for that and uh, will not feel bad at all about using that remedy because I have never, one thing I have never done, I have never physically attacked anyone because of their beliefs, ever. Uh, it's not a code that I live by in life uh, when it comes to anything. And uh, I have had the misfortune of having to work uh, with someone who was a, uh, a, a child predator uh, released from prison. Someone who I could not, I was not uh, about to attack this person simply because uh, he had committed crimes in the past or I disagreed with him about his, uh, his personal life. But that's what it's come to in this country. It has come down to the fact that, that people who disagree with your political beliefs feel emboldened and empowered to physically uh, attack the, the opposition and it's, it's just not right no it's not it's not and the question is and i've asked this question in the past but brian kilmeade then mirrored my exact thoughts that i've had for these last few years that these most of these people that are out there protesting are paid protesters we know it was for a fact Absolutely. with the uh occupy group we we traced it back mm-hmm. to craigslist ads and george soros mm-hmm. And Michael Bloomberg, mm-hmm. we also know the riots in Ferguson, Atlanta, Baltimore, yeah. New yeah. York, L.A., and I can go on and on, were also financed, yeah. we know, directly through yeah. Craigslist and George Soros and yeah. Michael Bloomberg. So these latest attacks on people that support Trump, people of the Fox News, people of the Trump administration, those of us that wear a Make America Great Again hat, I guarantee these attacks are also still directly funded from these two men, Michael Bloomberg and George Soros. Why are they being arrested for inciting riots, for treasonous acts against Americans? Why can we not pinpoint these two men and lock them up? You know, uh, that's a million-dollar question. I I do not understand why. We, we don't have a serious investigation. I mean, we're, we're investigating President Trump for being in bed with the Russians. I mean, we're, we're, investing, we're, we're, we're investigating a super capitalist being in bed with uh, a guy who believes in communism. Now, that's the most ridiculous thing that anybody's ever said. But we're not, we're not investigating uh, ties, uh, the ties that George Soros has to all these terrorist groups in our country and these people that are causing uh, all this friction in our country. You know, you talked about the, the people being paid, uh, paid off. Uh, I, I had the misfortune to come in contact with some of those folks in Washington, D.C., and it was, it, was, it was bizarre. They were out in front of the Capitol screaming, yelling, chanting, chanting the same thing over and over again at the top of their lungs. When the clock struck three, they all shut up, put their signs down, and walked to the bus. I mean, it was like it was like uh, the Flintstones. The whistle went off, and it was time to clock out. And they they all just stopped <laughs> and they turned around and went to the buses and got on the buses and and I guess went back to whatever basement they came from. Uh, but it is obvious, it's obvious 
is not a grassroots movement. It's obvious it's being paid for and financed, and I believe it's being paid for and financed by the very people that you just stated. Absolutely, and I have no doubt about it. So I've been saying this now for years, ever since we saw the uh, Occupy movement. Uh, I still say it. I still say it. It's, it's being funded. There's a definite need for them to get these people paid because a normal person won't do it. Someone on welfare or a college student that thinks that uh, socialism and communism is the next great thing out there will probably take their money. But someone like you and me, <laughs> sorry, you're full of it. <laughs> Get away from me. But no, they fall That's for right. it. That's right. They do right. fall for it. So that's, you know, they got the free exactly Obama right. phone and the George Soros paycheck. That's exactly right. It's always this whole thing of gimme, 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 gimme. And, and you know, we've got to start, uh, like I said before, we've got to start telling our young people that the world is not, uh, the, the world is, you're not here in the world to look for a handout. Uh, you're here in the world to to chart uh, to chart your way to your destiny. Uh, you know, one of the things that I'm very passionate about is about education. And but here's the thing with education: uh, education is simply a tool. It's a tool to navigate your way to to success in life. Uh, you know, it, your your you might to get talents. You may not need to go to college. What you may need to do is you may you may need to go be an apprentice to a plumber uh, so you can learn that trade. Maybe that's your, that's your talent in life. Or you, you need to be an apprentice to a carpenter or, or a wood, uh, wood carver or wood builder or whatever. Uh, there are many paths in life, but the, the road to success is not by sitting back and waiting for somebody to give you something. It's about you retake, taking responsibility for your life and your actions and making your success happen. And that is the great thing about this country, that you can sit down and you can chart a path to success and you can go down that path to success without being impeded. Impeded. Unfortunately, if we allow these socialists to take over, all of those paths to success will be impeded because they'll place restrictions on everything that we do, and we will not be free to, to follow uh, ourselves, uh, to follow uh, our own self-interest. So, uh it's very important for us to tell young people that uh, they are in charge of themselves and they are in charge of their destiny and should be the masters of it. And, you know, Mark, um, this is the case. You know, there are legitimate cases, but for the most part, we are where we are in life today, people, that is, because of the choices we made. And some of us yes. made good choices. Some of us made bad choices. Some of us made mistakes. But overall, we're where we are because of the choices that we, we have made in life. And I find that usually those who made the poorest choices are the ones that are screaming out the loudest for gimme, 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 you know. They yes, have the sense absolutely. of entitlement because they didn't go to school and get their education. Yes. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. You know, they decided to do drugs or whatever. They became, you know, convicts or whatever. So to them... They're victims. Life treated them unfairly, but they don't want to, you know, take responsibility that it was their own choice. So yeah. they got to turn that around. That's that, absolutely true. You know, uh, the, the the beginning of uh, turning your life around, I believe, the beginning of, of turning your life around, if your life is in shambles, is looking in the mirror and asking yourself, how did I get here? Not 
who put me here, who caused me to be here, who, who forced me into this spot, looking in the mirror and saying, how did I get here? Because ultimately, it was you who got yourself there. Anytime anybody traces the root cause back, you can always chart that root cause back to what you did to cause yourself to be there. And, and once I believe once you take control of that, uh, then you set yourself on firm footing and you set yourself on a path, pathway to success because then you realize it's really up to you. You can start making decisions for yourself and you can start make, realizing that you need to make the proper decisions. And uh, that's, that's what it's all about. And, and it's what you said about people who made poor choices feel like absolutely true. Those people do feel like victims, but I, I, I would put it to them. They are victims of themselves and their own bad choices. You know, there's there's a gospel, and I don't remember if it's Mark or Matthew, and there's there's a saying that people keep on saying is from the gospel, but they, they twist it a little bit. They always say that, you know, uh, God never gives me more of a burden than I can handle. That's not how it actually reads. It goes, uh, God will always give you the tools. Yeah. Basically, is what the gospel reads. You know, yes, you'll end up in a situation, but God is always there to give you the tools to get yourself out of it. You have to recognize what those tools are. What is it that He has yeah. given you to help you get out of that situation? And that's the difference between a victim and a true American. Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Uh, you know, uh, that's one of the things, though, that we have lost sight of in this country. Uh, and it's very sad is, is we've lost uh, sight of the fact of how much uh, God has been instrumental in doing the great things that have happened in this country. You, you look at education, uh, every college uh, and school system that was formed in this nation, uh, the school system itself was started uh, by Christians and promoted by Christians. The idea of people being educated was an idea that was promoted by Christians, by Bible-believing Christians. Uh, Most of the colleges in this country were founded by Christians. And and for them to be taken over by these godless leftists is is sad. And it's really going to do a lot of harm to our country if we continue to let it happen. But we cannot forget uh, the important role, uh, the paramount role that God has played in in the formation of our country and the blessing of our country. He's been responsible for all of it. Uh, His wisdom was... uh, was what was in our founding fathers when they came up with our founding documents. So we have to give all that credit to him, and we have to honor him. And when we cease to do that, uh, I think we've seen a bad day. Oh, absolutely amen to that one, a huge amen to that one. You know, you've got your website, uh, which is called MajorityMattersUSA.com. Uh, tell us about the website. What's the latest that you got going on there? Well, you know, my website has been up for a while, but I have not done a lot with it. Uh, the reason I have not been working a lot with it is because I've been traveling a lot and going all over trying to promote uh, the candidates for the elections. But now that the elections are over, or most of them are over, <laughs> I am uh, settling <laughs> down. I'll start working on that website. That website will be used uh, to uh, promote uh, my brand, I guess, if you want to say. And my brand is all about uh, promoting uh, the conservative uh, the conservative movement, everything uh, from abortion to the Second Amendment uh, to uh, responsibility to teaching people about the evil of socialism. So that's what the website will be used for. Uh, we have a donation uh, button on the 
on the website. Anyone who's listening that feels led to donate, I would appreciate it. Uh, I am doing all this uh, on my own, uh, so uh, donations are highly appreciated. Uh, but that is what our website is. Our website is there as a resource uh, for people who are looking to get involved with and follow along with uh, like-minded uh, Christian conservatives. So uh, Majority Matters, www.majoritymattersusa.com is, in, is the website. Yeah, because you mentioned abortion, and this is something I pulled aside, is that there is a case going up to the Supreme Court now to determine whether or not states have the ability to ban abortion within the state. You know, it is a state rights issue. It should never have gone to Roe v. Wade to the Supreme Court. It is a state's right issue, not in the Constitution, except for the right to life. <laughs> Excuse me, because over 2,500 babies are murdered every single day, uh, so... In just a couple of days, this is going to be going before the Supreme Court. So we'll see what's going to happen. And I know the American Center for Law and Justice is uh, acting on behalf of the Christian Advocates Serving Evangelism, which is the uh, group that uh, is taking this to the Supreme Court. So I'm glad that uh, you are continuing in that fight. Yeah, yeah, that's one. That's that is uh, at the top of my agenda is uh, being uh, anti-abortion. Uh, uh, abortion, I believe, is uh, it, it, the way abortion is being promoted in this country is absolutely uh, it's sinful, and it, it, it is a, it's, a, it's a black eye uh, on this country, and it's actually going to be more than that because our Bible says that the shedding of innocent blood would be answered for, and I truly believe that if we continue to promote the murder of the unborn, the absolute willful murder of the unborn, that this nation is going to pay, uh, and we're going to pay dearly, dearly. So. Uh, we have to speak up for it. It's one of the biggest injustices in this biggest injustices in this country, and uh, it's going to take folks like us to actually speak up and make our voices heard and let our uh, elected officials know that we don't want our government dollars going towards towards it, and we don't want it legalized. So uh, that fight is on for me, and it will be on for me until I take my last breath. Yeah, because they say, oh, well, what if the baby happens to be uh, mentally disabled or deformed? That child still has every right to be born. That child has should have every right to have a chance at life. You have it over in, uh, what is it, the Netherlands, where they've got zero births of children born with mental retardation. Well, duh, because they abort them before right. they're born. So they have zero. But right, if you've ever been around right. a child that is mentally defective, you know, may have mental retardation or whatever they call it today, they're some of the most beautiful people. And they grow up into adulthood and have full and then beautiful, wonderful lives. It should never yes. treat them as subhuman. They are just as human as you and I are. Yeah, yes. It, it's very sad. It's, a, it's another hallmark of, of leftism, of socialism. If you look throughout history, socialism, communism, uh, uh, all forms of it, Marxist socialism, national socialism under the Nazis, they all share a common theme. They have a blatant disregard for human life. And the, the socialists that are in our country today are no different. They have a blatant disregard for human life. And uh, we can't sit idly by and just let them uh, push their agenda because, I, as I said, it's going to be it's gonna be bad for us. Uh, they're not going to stop at just killing babies. Pretty soon it's going to be the elderly. And then after the elderly, it's going to be uh, the not not criminal undesirables, but just the undesirables, <laughs> meaning those that don't go along with the agenda. So <laughs> uh, 
it, it, it's not something that stops. It's a slow road. It's a slow road to hell. Uh, and uh, right now uh, we're at the very top of the hill, and we have people that are vigorously, people like Bernie Sanders and uh, Casey Cortez and uh, Barack Obama that are, are just in a tizzy to push us over the edge, and we have got to push back with all our might and make sure that they're not successful. Well, Mark, it has been a pleasure having you with us. We're down to the end of the show, and I, I welcome you back anytime. Your website is MajorityMattersUSA.com. Keep up the good work, sir. God bless you for all the hard work you do. Thank you very much for having me on. I had a great time. I look forward to coming back. All right. Take care, Mark. Uh, thank you. All right, thank Curtis, you. we're going to be... We're going to be back here on uh, Friday. We've got two great guests. David Conover has a new movie out called Behold the Earth, a really uplifting show. Um, And Kelly McEnany, uh, he was in charge of emergency management in New York City. Uh, He was part of the the 9-11 stuff. Uh, He's got a book out, Moment of Truth, about survival. Uh, Very, very interesting book. and It's thought-provoking. So uh, two great guests coming in on Friday. Friday. So, uh, folks, the show must go on. The vote counts are still going on. The comedy is still going into full play. Uh, let's just take a deep breath, step back, and get our sense of humor back. So, I'll see you all back here on Friday. And, Curtis, we're going to leave with our closing song, When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. So, I'll talk to you later. All Curtis. Right. And I say to everyone else, okay. good night and God bless.